Welcome to Never Too Serious with Scott and Dave. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. So, Dave, we've got a new, um, uh, I guess it's not terribly new topic, but maybe we haven't really talked enough about it, uh, education. Right. Well, since, since school has just started, it's right, right out there, not just for us, but for everybody. So I think it just kind of came back onto our lap all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, it's more traditional in that kids are going back to the classroom from a year off doing virtual learning. Right. And, uh, and so now you know, school year has started and we're starting to run into different things. Uh, you know, fortunately we have some, uh, uh, I don't know, opportunity where we have school choice here in Oregon for the time being. Yeah. For the time being. Yeah. We've got charter schools. We've got private schools, of course, in the traditional public schools. And I have had my kids in public school. I've had them in, uh, charter schools, and I've had them in private schools. And so, and I've worked, I think, I want to say I'm like right around the 18 year mark working within schools. So yeah. I've been a part of this for a while, but not in other like states, just in Oregon. So my experience is somewhat limited to Oregon education. Yeah, but you get a very strong liberal leaning sense of. Yeah. I mean, you get one, you don't know what it's like to work on the other side, but you're getting one extreme. You're not like down the middle of Mm -hmm. how things are going to be operated. Yeah. I I think I've been in, uh, you know, close to 20 different schools uh, as an IT guy. And uh, so there's been, I've been in the classroom during lessons. I've been in administration meetings. I've helped, you know, lead different things in different schools. I've had relationships with uh, folks in the custodial area to special education to not inappropriate. Oh, relationships. I was like, I, wow! I can't believe you just want to work that out like that. <laughs> but I have had. I've friends. messed around with those people <laughs> and this one lunch lady. Oh my goodness! I don't get around like that, Dave. Well, I don't. Not anymore <laughs> since you've been married, right? That's true. <clears throat> That's true. You're like, no, never, damn it. <laughs> but I've I've been around these people, so yeah. I, I kind of have uh, different perspectives. Of course, again, it's just been in this state. And... Yeah, but you've all you went to most of your your schooling has been been in a private school, so you personally know what it's like. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't work in it, but you're working in public schools as well as. I don't know what you call this, the, where, what you're doing. Charter. Charter. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you have a taste of other things. You have a feelers out there of understanding mm-hmm. of what's kind of going on in, for the most part in most places. Yeah. At least so you think. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is as I've, as I've go- grown through the years, I am now an administrator. And so I have these other perspectives. I'm in a lot of different meetings, different strategic meetings. I'm in different staff development meetings. Uh, different directions in, you know, now it's equity and uh, diversity. I mean, what are some of the other terms that are, are buzzwords uh, going around? But nobody gives a dang how to get them to learn algebra easier. Yeah, th- I mean, they're introducing you know, the critical race theory uh, concepts and other things into different uh, aspects of education. There, there's a whole bunch of different stuff that, that's come up. But I... I, you know, recently we kind of ran into some issues and we don't need to talk about too much in detail, but you recently talked to me about someone, a teacher who was changing their grading scale. Right, right. And the reason that they were changing their grading scale was really to avoid uh, potential disciplinary action from parents 
of their children. Correct. That's what was said. Yes. Uh, you want to go in a little bit, like overhead, not super detail, but in general, what what was going on? Well, it was there was a conversation at a school that had talked about why they were implementing uh, the zero to four scale in a school that none of them are using that scale. And, and so a teacher happened to bring up uh, to the class. The reason why is because there are some times parents discipline their children if they fall under a certain level. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also because it's not, it's a fairness thing that they also don't want people to be made fun of if they happen to get like an F or a D. Um, and so, or, or to be disciplined by the parents for getting well, an that, F or D, well, right? that's the point is, is if you were to get a, yeah, that's right. If you were to get that's that's what she had mentioned to the children was that if they happen to get uh, lower grade or don't, don't get a certain standard that since parent, some parents discipline them or they could lose privileges if they don't get their grade, that this will help them and it's or help prote- them from that. Protecting the children from the disciplinary actions of the parents. From the parents, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know, you would mention this four-point scale, and I it didn't sound terribly familiar. I've seen a lot of different grading scales through the years, and I ended up looking up what this was, this four point grading scale was because in in the district that I've worked in, there isn't really, I don't see a big use of this. I do see something kind of like it in elementary, but it's really not. The background isn't the same. So I did look it up, and I, I brought up a little a little link here, and I wanted to see what what is this four point grading scale, and basically it traditional. Uh, grading is zero to a hundred. Okay, yeah. zero to a hundred. Typically, if you're at ninety to a hundred, that's an A. And then there are some variations within that. You get an A minus if you're at like ninety. If you're at ninety-five, that's a straight A. And if you get, you know, a hundred, that's an A plus. It just helps you detail your. It, you get it a little bit more granular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More specific. Yeah. Now, at that hundred point scale, if you hit a sixty, that is a low D. You hit a 59, that's an F, and that's failing. So you have to have at least a 60, 60% in order to pass a class. And if we're talking high school, then you don't move on. You don't earn that credit if you've got a 59. Now, some teachers right. might you know, bump you on up. I might have experienced have that in high school. <laughs> but generally speaking, less than 60%, you failed the class. This four-point scale changes that. Meaning, if if you were to like change it into like a percentage, you don't actually fail unless you're at like thirty percent. Oh, is that right? It's lowering the standard because you could hide whether a kid is doing poorly or not. But even if it, if it's any scale, and you know that that one end is high and the other end is low, and they're closer to that lower scale, you know that that's not good. Right. So you can't really, if you've got a scale involved, you can't really hide it. Well, when my daughter was part of this system when she was in public school and that was just that and they go oh she was doing bad and she was doing bad mm-hmm. i'm like well what do we do 
And they go, you know, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. No, she'll be fine. And there was a time when we didn't even know if she was going to be held back. Well, she said she'll be fine. I go, yeah, but this shows that she's not, she didn't meet any of the requirements. Mm -hmm. But we got nothing out of it. So I want to be fair is I know a gentleman that is a teacher and he is implementing this. Mm -hmm. And he's a, a parent. And he's and, a parent, a teacher, as a living, at yeah. this at at the private school, you know. So, so he's understanding. He says that this is a, a good system if it's a good teacher. If not, everybody fails. Mm -hmm. But this is primarily something that um, benefits the teacher more than anything. Um, now, I want to go in a little bit. Um, because I want you to be able to explain some things, but mm -hmm. I want to finish off our little conversation because we heard about it and because I, I want to be fair. Um, we heard about that, the changing of the system. So we went in and had a little meeting and, and with the teacher, right? Correct. With the teacher and, um, brought it up. It's going to be, or I, I asked it like this. So is this going to be a secondary system to what rest of the school uses? And, you know, looking up and going, yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm going to get the ABC, what's her grade. So I could do the GPA because the rest of the teachers are going to do it. I can't get a full GPA without it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, cause it matters to my kids, my kid. Cats out the bag. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyways. Um, Multiples? Yeah. Ethan looks confused back there. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but, but so that's just one issue. And then the reason why was huge. Some kids get disciplined for not meeting a certain grade, and this will help them from that not happening. Mm -hmm. And she had, the teacher had mentioned that um, that that was a miscommunication. Okay, mm, gotcha. So, but <clears throat> so that's where it stands now. We're going to have to have another meeting on that because mm -hmm. not just me, but other people were very. That's not a good enough answer, you know. Um, because the issue is, is our kids, and this is the other thing is, is that these days all of our kids out there. Um, they're getting forced to be, or not be, well, they, I guess not all of them, but have to be a little bit more adult. They have to pay attention to what's going on. And um, our kids speak to us and let us know what's going on. Well, all the kids, or several of the kids, at least I didn't talk to all the parents, had came home and said the same things. You know, our kids didn't like collaborate. Hut, 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 hike, let's go. <laughs> you know, we're going to play, you know, code four. But anyway, or, um, but anyways, the thing is, is that that was not a miscommunication because there was an other situation that was also they do it because they want to be fair and because they don't want anybody getting made fun of if they get an F mm -hmm. or a lower grade. It's to kind of hide the folks that aren't performing well. Well, and, and, and it also plays into I'm your friend. I'm going to help you from your, the rules that your parents put on you. Mm -hmm. I'm your buddy. Who do you go to? You go to your buddy when you have a problem. Right. And when you undermine me, when I move my daughter for 
because I didn't want to get undermined. I wanted to be a parent that could be a part of her education so I could make sure that she is not doesn't just go through school. I want her to actually, when she leaves the school going, sweet, actually know something. I'm ready for the next step. Yeah. And, and right now, especially at her age, no, 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 doesn't matter. No, there's no a special age. It doesn't <laughs> matter. No, no, no grade that's particular in this case. But it is no, right now there's teachers out there that are trying to take away parents' ability to parent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I also get concerned of backlash these days because, great, am I going to have to have C, I don't even know the name of it, CPS show up because I raised concern for my teacher. Child Protective Services. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it, but we have, everybody should in every school, public charter, private homeschool, have high standards. And it may not meet them, but at least you, when you fall, you won't fall to the bottom. Well, I think you bring up a good point, which is the parenting aspect of it, because so many public, charter, private, if it's education, the direction that education has gone through the years is becoming the parent. And it drives me crazy because I've worked in education. I'm also a parent. I, you know, I want my kids to grow up with the environment that I have put them in, not what the educational system right. is is putting them in because the philosophy of of education has been moving more and more towards providing more than what what you would consider your core educational you know components you know math reading writing uh science you know, those things are what the teachers need to provide because most parents aren't really qualified right. to provide it and it, and, and it's not only and it's not only that I don't want you teaching, I don't want you parenting my children, but it's you're taking time away from them learning that stuff mm-hmm. because you're talking about your own personal things. And a thing that kills me is in any of those schools I mentioned, they have a hard time or could do better um, in how teaching, mm-hmm. showing them how to learn it better or spending more time getting them to get it, you know, and this is just interference. It's, and, and it's so, so sad for the kids. Think, think about the other side of it, which is in, in the past, there's sort of this, uh, there's this line, this boundary line, where teachers have this ethical responsibility to keep their political beliefs outside of the classroom. Even if it's a political class, it's still, you're supposed to be teaching about the different political parties, right. how they run, maybe a little piece about government or some histor- historical um, accounts of whatever has happened. But you leave your personal stuff out of right. the classroom. And I'm seeing more and more personal uh, philosophies, politics oh. uh, inserted it's like, into it's their like lessons. Their, like their classroom they think it's that's their personal home space. Teachers are becoming more and more activists right. in their classroom. We've seen videos online where teachers brag about putting taking down the American flag and putting up uh, a BLM or Gay pride. The, the Pride Plus flag and having kids salute or pride respect plus? that. Yeah, plus is the other thing because they're running out of um, uh, stripes. You know, how about this? Where are the pluses? The... the pluses should come out and go, we're... I want my stripe. 
I'm not. I'm not. That, that's I'm not, why they said plus. <laughs> I know, but they're not good enough. They don't get a whole letter. They don't beat an L or a G. Or no, a B. Uh-uh, because it takes too long to well, say it. Well, that's my point. Is those people should step up and go. I'm as important as the L's or G's. And, I want to be the Z. And, say L. Minimize. Put the L as a plus and put Z now. Well, you know what? I don't the even Ameri- know. Them all. The American flag is supposed to re- represent all of us, and I think that's what it's supposed to be. It represents. All diversity. Yeah, but nobody likes what it represents anymore, it uh, seems like. Yeah, they're kind of changing what the flag represents. When when an American high school teacher rips Mm -hmm. it down or says, oh, I I can't say the quote, but it it either scares her or makes her feel uneasy or offended. I can't remember one of the words, but something down the same path. I think it is something like offended. And I'm like, are you, Mm -hmm. then what are you doing? I mean, seriously, how about this? If, Mm -hmm. If somebody is that concerned... I'm trying to picture a, a different country, any other country than ours. If they were that passionate about the flag, they literally would try to leave it. Mm-hmm. All these people are so privileged, I guess, that they could sit there and doing so well in life that they could sh- could crap on, I don't know, our sign, our symbol for our country. Yeah. You know? There our, are... There are tons of tons. Uh, there are quite a few videos out there that people claim that they're educators. I mean, it shows them within their classroom, even recording these TikTok videos and other things. Right. And eventually, if it goes viral enough, then a lot of these folks actually do get uh, canned if they're mm. public education. Now, colleges, that's a different story. There's some weird protection among those college uh, professors, but the college professors are doing very similar stuff. Well, where do you think these teachers are getting educated? Right. In colleges where this is something that's promoted, activism and, and you know... The, it's like reverse ba- baton passing. Yeah, you know? and, that's, and that's part of the problem with our public education system is that we're getting teachers now who are very far-leaning left. It's like, you know, in the newsroom, you're going to have, you know, 50 people that support, you know, the news, and, you know, 49 or 48 of them are left-leaning. Well, it's the same thing in the in the classroom these days where you get the majority of teachers they are left leaning and the problem is is that they have blurred the lines of appropriateness for content in their classroom. Right. It is becoming way too personal. Uh they're using that audience to promote their personal beliefs. Right. And now they're putting it on social media and And, and I believe that as you go up for up the ladder from the teachers that they're down with it. They just yeah. know that some have to fall for lawsuits. But I really feel that that there's an agendas mm-hmm. passed down through the especially the public schools. I mean that mm-hmm. that's why there's so much I don't know what they call it, but they're like they teach by packet these days. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's already push play and they how about this they're more administrator or they, they administer the packet mm-hmm. and if you have questions you know but the, i don't feel like there's no i'm sure there are a few okay but there's like like teaching like a person has their own special way to show you how we're going to go through here it, it's it's so less personal you know well you bring up a good point i've seen in many cases where teachers are getting canned curriculum that the school or the school district pays for, and they get packets. They get a pre-made course that the teacher is now just administering. Very few do I ever see teachers actually creating their own curriculum, implementing their own stuff. Now, keep in mind, for a teacher, they go through school 
to learn how to create curriculum, to learn how to engage their students, to how to be creative, right. the different manipulatives that you should be able to have access to in order as to As long as educate. they're literally just trying to educate, not mm-hmm. because that's a fine line because you give somebody that freedom and then they're like, oh, great, now they're going to take it and fill in their own mm-hmm. agendas. But a good teacher that wants to teach should take some of their own personal passion and direction and know that in their their class, you know, what they their syllabus, you know, is we're going to learn this, 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 and this. Promise. Mm-hmm. We're going to go this my route, and when you go to the next, when, when you're ready for the next step, you're going to be ready, trust mm-hmm. me. And I feel that, that that's a way to reach out, but I feel like a lot of when it's already packets and all this already pre-made, there's a lot of people that maybe would be concerned that could go through it and go, I don't know if that's really com- appropriate or if it's needed, mm-hmm. but it's given to them and fed to them anyways, mm-hmm. you know, uh, example, like certain sex ed classes and the LGBT, not classes, but to recognize other genders in high schools mm-hmm. these days, you know, yeah, these are, these are pushed down by somebody. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just not stuff that really needs to be in the classroom. The, right. the job is supposed to be teaching these particular subject areas. Right. Let the parents parent. Uh, there's other services that exist within a school that drive me crazy. I, I think you know, in some cases, there are some schools that have uh, like almost like a medical clinic within the school. Oh, sure, sure. And so they're providing different medical services to to families or to students. In some cases, if a student goes in and and gets any kind of you know, they used to be handing out condoms and other things within the school. Mm. And they and they had these rules that, that you as a as as the nurse or the school, you don't need to tell the parents that the student is there getting these particular right. um, services. The other stuff that it kinda irritates me, and that's you know, I'm you know, a taxpayer. So I understand that kids need to eat in order to be functional within a, the day. I get that. What bothers me is the school lunch programs, and I know they've existed forever, but the idea that it's no longer the responsibility of the parent to provide their child with food, now the schools are supposed to provide it. And during the pandemic, and this was common in other areas, but we had bus drivers delivering food to students on the bus route. Okay, keep in mind, buses are gas hogs. If you are not hauling children, you shouldn't be driving the bus around. It's a waste. Oh, for sure. It's a complete waste. And and the maintenance on those things. Uh, and you yeah. don't want to put any miles on there. You have yeah. to. So the you dis- don't have to. So the district continues to pay the, the buses, even though they're not being used to transport children, pay these people to then transport food. You know that the food takes up a lot less space than those dang children. So why would you not just have some vans, some delivery vans, right. deliver food if, in fact, that's what you have to do? Well, we had buses, and I couldn't believe that is a complete waste of tax taxpayer dollars to not only employ the people to, buy, to, to drive those buses, but then to drive the, the buses on the same routes that they would do for, you know, children pickup. So that's a, that's a waste to me. But the other is... These kids are at home where their parents should be providing food in their home, but yet the school's now delivering I, to the homes? It's like they can't stop it for some reason. 
It's yeah, because you know? they're employing people in the kitchens and they're paying companies like you know but that's Cisco ridiculous. and Sodexo to then provide this food. To me, the reason you would have a school lunch program is because either the parent should be paying for the food of their child and that is just more convenient, um, or you know, of course, send the child to school with with food. But the child is already at home doing school where they should have food. If if parents are not if they're not feeding their kids, what do we call that? Neglect. Right. And parents but, can get in huge trouble for yeah, neglecting the their children. Parents take food, uh lunch school lunch mm-hmm. as part of their like they like budget it in, you know what I mean? Instead <laughs> of like that's their go-to, you know. Mm-hmm. I I tell you when I I was a kid, I did not have lunch and then there was no free lunch for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did wait around and see if there was any leftovers, you know, once in a while because I was, I was hungry. I didn't have yeah. lunches. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I just don't think that, especially in, in the world that we should be promoting parents participating in their child's life, in their education, in uh, the development of their children, we should be expecting that parents do a certain job, but, which is provide right but there's a roof over their house food and safety these are things that are supposed to be if you don't provide them the state comes in and takes your children away because you've neglected them right well i'm going to say this because i'm going to say my my era seems like a lot of things kind of fell off after that and i'm sure that my my parents would look at us and say fell off after them you know but <laughs> mm-hmm. but still you know Nobody's, nobody's, who's, nobody's teaching anybody how to be parents, you know, other than, I don't know, the kids' parents, right? Yeah, the generation before them. Right. (laughs) And I want to say that when I happened to go in high school, I took, um, was child care class. And then there was like some parent, I can't remember, there's two of them, a parental class. Mm -hmm. And you know how many guys were in those classes? Yeah, probably not very many. Yeah, me. Mostly females. Just me. Yeah. And, and I, it was blast, but you know, I got a lot out of it <clears throat> mm-hmm. and there's a lot to, there's a lot to learn and to actually, but here's this though, who's going to teach, who are you going to be? I'd be scared to go to a class right now to teach somebody how to parent because first of all, I'm going to have to ask, okay, so who, who'd you vote for? <laughs> you know, cause that, that, that's just a start. I'm not saying that I'm even going to agree with you, even if you voted the way I did, but if you voted Differently than I did, I'm not even going to show up. Example is, if I ever needed to go get some psychiatrist, you know, psychiatric help, mm-hmm. I'm going to go talk to a conservative. I'm not going to talk to a freaking liberal. I don't want to come out having to think that I need to change my identity. That's so funny. Yeah, true. I, I mean it. I don't no, know. I, I get it. Yeah. But, I don't know the the way the way I look at this education model right now is that we're providing all of these additional services that really are unnecessary. We shouldn't be providing them because they, they because the parents do the job are supposed hand. to do it at home. And in a parenting class like you're mentioning, you're not. It, it's showing you how to do different things that a parent probably needs to be doing at home. You know, what do you do with um, uh, your life with children? Well, you kind of have to structure it a little bit. And so here's some methods of of structuring. Here's you know, what would you do if you have a child that's going to school? Well, you get up an extra hour early and it start preparing for their day. It didn't teach me to spend time with my kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? See? It didn't but, teach me to what to expect. 
mm-hmm. expect when they're even 15 or 12, you mm-hmm. know, it was very generalized, yeah. but it was better. It was nice to have it, especially the child, child's class, you know, mm-hmm. that was more detailed about children and their growing up, mm-hmm. but, but how to have a functioning. And again, I don't care at this point, like who you vote for kind of thing, but, but how, how your family functions in your own dang house, mm-hmm. nobody shows you a good, well, I guess for me, that's why I liked my church. It kind of helped me out because I, and, and some friends I grew up in with the school that I grew up in, because I could see a lot of, I got to tell you props to your family because my family was very chaotic and I left it as often as I could. And I ended up at your house all the time Yeah, right. because it's funny because you could have, you know, your own personal perception of your family. To me, it was an oasis. You could be like, what do you mean? It was crazy. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's nice that I got to see what else was out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if that I wasn't completely sheltered to see one way, one way only, because I could easily have been like, people i don't want to be like yeah. you know yeah I, I mean i had a I had a good childhood you know even even when you sh- showed up it was still good i, I still I didn't, <laughs> I didn't i didn't disrupt it too much. no 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 uh dave i want to take a quick break come back and we'll talk a little bit about what i think is a major threat in public education which is critical race theory sounds like a plan okay. Dave and I appreciate you listening to the show. Please take a moment and write a review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser.com. And since Spotify doesn't currently have reviews, simply telling your friends about the show would be great too. Also, you can always reach out to us at our website, nevertoserious.com, or via our socials at the NTS Podcast. And seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, thanks again for listening to the show. We are back. So a little red flag for me in education is this idea that education is looking through the lens of critical race theory. I'm a little concerned about it because it's not a critical race theory class. It's not a, a class on how to be woke and, and, uh, and, and look at white people as the, as the source of all bad things and racism. It is a lens in which you look through to then provide all of the different parts of education. And I'm a little concerned that we're starting to see that. And even you were talking about, you know, the idea that, that, you, that the teacher wants to protect your, the children and make friends with them, protect them from the parents, remove the, the parental guidance and, you know, keep the parenting in the classroom with right. the teacher. That is, that there, there are components of critical race theory that that is a part of yeah you like um if i even wanted you to do that mm-hmm. like if i just want to say ah, forget it yeah you do it um you're going to be over here for weeks me bothering you to see how long it's going to take for me to figure out you're not a weirdo mm-hmm. you know like like you want to i'm not saying that that they are a weirdo but you know if you if i'm going to give up how i want to raise my kid and let you do it man i gotta i gotta know you like you ain't touching them funny, are you? I mean, I'm like in depth. I want to know <laughs> oh, when you were 15, what were you doing? You know, I mean, I'm like, like what, what was your, like, you know, your dad's, you know, what was his uncle up to? You know, I'm going to be like thorough. If you think that you're going to be watching my kid, yeah. you know, my wife and I've got it. Yeah, in other words. It. Well, the idea is in critical race I theory, there's a, there's this idea that the nuclear family, um, you know, a, a mother and father and a child 
that's the nuclear family. And that's a bad it do, thing. It, it, yeah, it, it doesn't need to exist. Meaning we can have families that are, are broken from a, from two parents, and, and that's okay. And, and in fact, in some cases, it, it needs to be celebrated. Well, you can't say it's bad because you're going to hurt the feelings of the people well, that are living it. And, and some of it goes back to the idea that a lot of, um, like, in really, like, poorer neighborhoods... Uh, some some of the the black families the the father uh, goes and it's mom and and child and there's I think I mean there's a, a large population that fit that that sort of scenario and it's supposed to be sort of celebrated it's empowering mom and and child and then they can do this without father in in the in the house so but you know, believe it or not, that's not a black thing that actually exists in all kinds of families. I come from a divorced family. You come from a divorced family. Uh, there are a lot of these things that happen, and it has nothing to do with race. But right. but it, it's it's accepting that having a family without uh, two parents is an okay thing. And by, you know, that concept being sort of celebrated, it almost takes the the parenting away from the parents well, sure. and let's put it into the education system. Yeah, because they know better. Yeah, of course they do. They're the, edu- by the government. They're the educated ones, you know. Uh, the other area, and we were talking about it in the last segment, which is the grading scale. The grading scale is, it's a set of standards that is equal across the board. And now the big thing is equity. And equity is not equality. It's not having the same standards for everyone. It's adjusting the standards. It's getting out of the way so somebody else can... Yeah, it's adjusting the take standards. Take your place. But... So, so that people aren't in the category of, of low achieving or failure. So they lower the standards so that the majority of the people are, are passing the class or uh, successful. I've seen people... Uh, some schools remove test taking. Our state of Oregon, Kate Brown, governor of Oregon, just removed the state testing standards. Said so we're gonna we're gonna get rid of those because it disproportionately affects uh, the black and Hispanic. And uh, I, I, she had a whole list of people that are underperforming and which is weird she added uh i think asians to that which typically are the higher performing in fact i think outperforming white people exactly but she added those folks because she wanted to include you know minorities again it's lowering standards so that but these people can feel good about themselves and move through the education system without actually showing that they've been educated. But some people I feel like the like to have the badge of or title and I say badge cuz like they could almost wear it mm-hmm. of victimhood. Yeah. And you know, so they don't have to do so much or so I don't know, but it's like I don't I don't know why people pave the path for that to happen, you know, like 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 our governor taking the the tests and stuff away. I mean, everybody knows that that's a good way to indicate your knowledge or or what you re, re, what you could recall that you learned, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's a way that she just thought she knows better. You know, uh, the guy who's been really promoting a lot of uh, critical race theory is what's his name, 
is it Abram X Kendi? Kennedy? Kendi? Okay. Ethan, you want to look him up? And there was an interesting video of him. He was sitting on a panel of other people, and people. I think they were interviewing him, and someone in the audience, it was Q&A time, asked him to define racism. And he used racism within the definition of racism. I think I've seen this. I'm wondering, I just finished reading Robin D'Angelo's White Fragility, and I think she did like an excellent job of defining racism as like a system of oppression as opposed to like a personal choice. It's like it's there, you benefit from it, or you don't. That's its purpose. You talked about the importance of defining racism, but, I, but I, unless I missed it, which is possible, I didn't, I didn't hear your personal definition. Is there, is there one that you would offer us? Like how do you define racism? Sure. So racism, I would define it um, as a collection uh, of racist policies that lead to racial inequity that are substantiated by racist ideas. What they're doing is they're changing the, the, the term. They're, they're redefining what racism is. And the, the push is that white people are, are the racist ones, that they created these systems, including our educational system, yeah. To to push down people of color, uh, minorities, and so what they want to do is they want to destroy that system. They want to remove. They want to keep it so we can't even talk. That we would feel guilty about talking about black people. Yeah, but in this case, they're removing the standards that were set a while ago, and because in in many cases the minority folks are or not in in tests and grades, a lot of these. Uh, minority folks are not scoring as high as other uh, like Asians and, and whites. And so they're calling it the reason that they're uh, underperforming is because they're part of a white supremacist educational system. And so mm-hmm. they need to get rid of these things in order to uh, free these people of the chains of it's holding them down. Yeah. It's holding them down their ability to learn better or achieve better scores. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and and here's the thing is I don't see a solution from from them either. Well, that's the thing other, is, other than removing. Well, here's the here's the deal is is that my daughter she is not in the best school in the world. I happen to really like her school, mm-hmm. and so she's in a decent school. Um, and she happens to have two parents that love her very much. But I'm going to promise you this: if if I didn't. Um, put uh, in front of my daughter, you know, um, rules or expectations um, and help her along and guide her, if I just let her be, she would fail. Mm-hmm. I don't care what school, I don't yeah. care how much money you put her in. She's If you're not going to direct her and encourage her and put fuel in her tank when she doesn't have it, because they're human beings... And, and they go through a lot more emotion changes than we do these days, you know, but regardless, they will succeed if you want them to. And mind you, there could be some struggles still, but parents need to look at their kids at you get what you give. And there's so many parents that don't want to put in the time think that the schools got it Mm -hmm. maybe a long time ago, maybe the schools had it and parents got displaced and thought they had it. And then now we're waking up to wait a minute, what's going on in the schools. Mm -hmm. We trusted you for so long. 
And I believe that that could be true because, trust me, I don't believe that even half of the parents in these public schools would tolerate any any of the stuff that we're hearing. You know, mm-hmm. it's just even myself, maybe too, we get complacent and we might think that we we put trust in them or. You know, they they passed the state's background check. <clears throat> well, mm-hmm. tell that to the Antifa flag flying guy mm-hmm. that had an issue. Um, well, but yeah, I want to. I want to. Well, in in addition to you know what I'm seeing with critical race theory is, um, you know what what are you know tests standards all of these things are going away because they're part of a white supremacist uh, system. Uh, the schools now are getting administrative and you know, not just for the administrators, but also for the teachers, these different trainings. And, you know, I have personal experience with being not forced, but well, almost forced to w- to read the uh, the book from Robin DiAngelo, which is, um, what is it, Ethan, refresh my memory here, uh, White Fragility. For, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a good try, though, Ethan. <laughs> uh yeah, he was trying to forget it. <laughs> I can see it looked like we all did because I, I I was having a hard time remembering. Yeah, white fragility. It's a book basically that that makes white people out to be the guilty party for white supremacy um, systems, and uh, points out some and, racist systems. And yeah, and and defines racism as as any uh, imbalance of power, and white people are the perpetrators of this imbalance. And so all of the victims, which is all the people of color and minorities, those are the, the victims. And, and so they um, are supposed to get some sort of, you know, t- table turning where they get these advantages now in life because they deserve it finally, because we're going to tear down the system of white supremacists or white supremacy. What bothers me is is that this sort of training is going out to the schools, and these people are making tons of money. Uh, Robin D'Angelo, oh, I, I think she's like thirty thousand dollars per speaking engagement. Is that right? And this, uh, she ain't the, no Hillary Clinton. Yeah, and and the was his name Abraham uh, Kendi. Is it Abraham? I can't remember how to say his first name. Ibram. Abram oh. X Kendi, he's making tons of money on this as well, and and these school districts are eating it up. They send out these different email alerts saying, you know, diversity training or how to, I don't know, do whatever in your classroom, and it's it's getting pushed into the school systems, and people are eating it up. They're paying tons of money to these people to get this sort of training. And all it's doing is creating an environment where this ideology comes in and takes over. And now you've got these teachers who are, they maybe feel a little guilty because they're they're white, um, or they are an activist. And this just empowers them to do more of uh, breaking through that, that ethical line and bringing it into their classroom. Right. And the folks that are, are now talking about these things in the classroom because they think that it's more important than the mathematic lesson or the history lesson or whatever it is. It's becoming a, a such a, a problem in the classroom that the parents now can't really do anything because unless the kid comes home and complains about it, parents don't know what's happening. Right, right. It's It should be extremely important to all, all, all teachers, I mean all parents, 
I mean, I know there's some parents out there that are for the critical race theory, but um, still, even for those parents, it would be important for them to not have it mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I've, I've got to watch a lot of arguments and I hate it because we, I know we, I wish that I could have a, uh, as strong as a statement as somebody else, but sometimes when you have uh, a black guy stand up on a certain position like that, it is more powerful than a white guy. Yeah. And, and it's really, especially a black guy that stands up. This was a very nice one. I can't quote anything, but he stood up and he says, you know, you're teaching my kid to hate his mom mm -hmm. who's white. Mm -hmm. Do you not know? This is the problem is do you not. This is why I wish people would wake up. It's the why it's why things are implemented because why would that not? That's, that is exactly, it's a seed and it, it creates division and it, that is like the proof of it, you know, and, and that's the people that affect, and that's what they want. They're, it's a division in America, and why would they want it? Because they want us to be at each other's throats. They want to tear down the system. And it really sucks. I really mm -hmm. wish people would understand that even the people that disagree with me would have a stronger voice if we all stuck together and dealt with this crap all together mm -hmm. and go backwards a few years. I was listening to this, the... Um, the song by Prince and Party Like It's 1999. Mm -hmm. And I remember because I'm old mm -hmm. listening to the song thinking, yeah, I wonder what it's going to be like in 1999 when I party. <laughs> and then, you know, 1999 came and went and like, oh, that song kind of was insignificant. <laughs> that song means more to me now than it ever did. I wish I could go back to mm -hmm. 19, go back to 1999 yeah. and party like it was, yeah. you know, not necessarily party, but yeah, there live was, the life like that. There was less social division. Absolutely. Back then. Yeah. And yeah. so I yeah. It's it's mm -hmm. been very difficult because I know this sounds a little bit fruity, but I am a lover, not a fighter, believe it or not. And and all this stuff works and it makes me angry at other people and having division and mm -hmm. instead of trying to find the easy or no 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 not easy, the even the harder path to create to us to pull together, but I, you know, I'm nobody. I can't, I don't have a fix. If the most important people can't figure it out, who am I going to mm -hmm. be able to help anything? Yeah. Know? Well, there, there's a lot of push now to celebrate your race and I get, you can celebrate your, your culture. That's, that's fine. I, I'm not sure about race. I just think race is, is irrelevant. I think culture is probably the more important thing. I agree. There's, but... you know, a lot of what people don't like about other people is not their skin color. It's, it's part of their culture. It's part of their behavior. It's part of, you know, something that they represent that we don't like, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of, you know, of, of the homeless coming in and, and creating havoc. I don't like, you know, the white guy I saw on, um, you know, the, the, uh, the ring camera footage from the neighborhood that, that cut off the, the, uh, uh catalytic converter off the neighbor's right. truck. I mean, or, I don't, or, or, or I have to throw this one in because it was disturbing or, um, the black, um, mom that had a blunt in one hand and a, a jar of liquor in the other celebrating that CPS came and took her seven kids. Yeah. Woohoo. Finally, they got him out. Oh yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. There is behavior. It's disturbing. Yeah. There... It's, it's a, it's like one of those shitty movies that you watch and like, Oh my gosh. And, and three days later, you still feel sick in your stomach. I'm like, I still remember that movie. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. This is life. Yeah. Damn it. And, and it just sucks. Cause it's, 
It's yeah. happening out there right now. And again, by every race. Yeah. Again, these are cultural things that that I don't like. Uh, it's behavioral things that I don't like, but it's it doesn't have anything to do with race. And uh, you know, we're seeing a bunch of you know woke people of so many different nationalities it doesn't to me it doesn't matter i mean typically it's you know middle class upper middle class white people who are are creating these these scenarios i don't care much for that culture i don't like the activist culture that complains about everything and doesn't realize how good they actually have it while they're complaining about it right uh this this kind of stuff again it should go back to the home. It should stay out of the school, stay out of the classroom. The classroom should be a place to learn the things that you can't learn other places because it requires a certain level of education, right. and and that is and, not the. And social... we are known for having issues getting our 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 grades up in America. Okay, to be simple, and so why you keep implementing things mm-hmm. when you can't even do the job at hand? the best you can do because everybody does say good stuff about teachers and that's great. I don't, I'm going to say there's some great teachers mm-hmm. because guess what? I had a lot of crap teachers. Mm-hmm. I was there. So it was a lot of people, but I'm not going to give them a hero badge because you're a teacher. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 it's frustrating to me and, and they prove it daily. Why it's mm-hmm. everybody in every job and everything you do from firemen, from cop to, to, uh, even to the lemonade stand, you got to watch them too. <laughs> there's, there's crappy ones and good ones all yeah. in, every, in, in every one. Well, I think in, in education, teachers do make a lot of money. There are different states who have different standards of pay scales and that sort of thing. And so some Don't teachers, tell them that. some teachers will make less than other states and more in others. And, and that's, that's fine. What bothers me in, in this particular area is the unions. They have a tendency to control those those uh those wages and it's not a free market education is not a free market i really wish that it was i watched a a fantastic set of videos from john stossel about education and charter schools are one of those steps towards a little bit more free market uh private schools have been doing it for a while but private schools it, it requires you to have money in order to go to private schools in charter schools, they're funded by public dollars, and of course, traditional public schools are public dollars. But charter schools introduce a little bit of of competition and a little bit more of school choice. Gotcha. And, but it's just not enough. It's still very controlled. The teachers' union is a huge lobbying force and always left-leaning. I have never seen a union that's right-leaning. And I oh, could be I'm wrong. Sure. There might be one out there, <laughs> but and and some unions are stronger in certain areas and, and, than others. But I know the teachers' union is a huge funder of left-leaning policies, and it rarely, really been. And well, I guess it makes sense. The teachers put in the money for the union; it protects them. To but it, it d- doesn't help us. Much. It doesn't help the children in that. And you mentioned it a moment ago. There are teachers that are really bad teachers. And, but they are protected. Right. They're protected by the union. They're protected in uh, tenure. They're protected in such ways that they can continue to, to provide a, a poor educational environment and still keep their job. They can have students that have a majority of failing grades or poor test scores. And the teacher it's like, wait a minute, continues can they, on. Can they make us have a bad lawsuit? Yeah. How bad of a lawsuit, though? Mm-hmm. All right. That's out. 
It's all about the dollars, though. That's when they get cut. Well, there's That's, not. They have, to, they have to actually meet a certain. I don't know, level of terrible. <laughs> I mean, they have to actually really do something that they could be like something that's lawsuit or breaking it law. It has to or be some... Uh, ethics, you know what I mean? A major ethics violation right. like... Uh, you like know. bringing communism inside of the classroom, right? <laughs> no, that's not one either. No, actually, they, they, you would think a guy would get his own... Mm-hmm. No, but it's like if you if job. if you get in trouble for sexual harassment, uh, generally speaking, that you're a goner. Yeah, tell us about that. How many times? What? Yeah, not never for me. But the idea is it is it takes a lot to get rid of a teacher, and in many cases, uh, they just get rotated around to other other schools, other positions, and so they retain some employment when they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a a case like when, the police have that same. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, except, yeah, 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 you're right. In uh, Washington, D.C., they, a while back, they had hired someone to sort of be the chancellor of education, and she really didn't have much experience in education, but she came in, and she started making these sweeping changes in public uh, ed, and I can't think of her name. Ethan, maybe you can look up her name, Washington, D.C., public school chancellor, and she came in and started realizing she took a lot of tours, started realizing that, that kids weren't showing up to school unless the, the teacher was a teacher that they actually liked. Right. And I, and they got to a point where she ended up firing a whole bunch of teachers, and there was like a huge public outcry, mo- mostly motivated by the union. And they started fighting against her. They were calling her, you know, names. Um, now, this is probably back in uh, 2000. Um, I can't remember. Early two thousand. Oh, Siri's talking to me. Dang Siri. Anyway, always listening. And uh, so the basically she the the I think it was a governor at the time got voted out, and then she ended up resigning because she just couldn't fight against the the teachers union. Her goal was to get rid of the bad teachers, right? And the teachers who were uh, high performing teachers would make more money. Right. It was like and, a more of a free market approach to education. And they paid them some backup. Well, so they ended up getting, the teachers union came in and pressured the resignation of, of, sure. this, of this person. And the way I look at it is there is, I think, an opportunity in education for dra- uh, like a, a very drastic or dramatic change towards like free market education. Charter schools tiptoes towards it and uh, private education has been doing it but i think if we had a system of uh like vouchers where your your kiddo gets a voucher for a certain amount of money from the government and you get to go wherever you want to go and the school of course then buys for your student and based on how successful they are the more students they might potentially get if a st- if a school is underperforming, people are doing a really poor job, then that school goes well, away. And well, get this though, we all well, I can't say we all know, but some parents do care for their kids more than others. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. But like, if we heard of what there's a school where and it's it's kicking at what like we're going to know about it, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to know about it and try to see if we can get in there, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, I. Well, even recently with COVID, uh, the Oregon Department of Education has has placed some limits on virtual schools where if I think it was like a three percent rule where if 
if three percent of the student population left to go to like an online school, then that district could basically start denying the transfer of those kids to these online charter schools. And uh, so a lot of parents, as as they were switching over, would get uh, denied. What do you mean by denied? Like meaning they're not going to transfer their records. They won't let that child go to a different school, and so the parent would then have to uh, go in and, and fight for it. Yeah. You, how is that legal? They put that as part of the law. <laughs> That's how they they made it legal. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, I guess I guess it's been that way. I mean, I'm not saying it's the same, but. I guess I had to go to certain schools based on where I live, so I couldn't just up and I had to lie when I went to a different school. The, the thing is, is that this in this scenario, it's a uh, leaving the school to go to an online school. It's not I just like don't going... understand how that be because then that makes makes it sound like that they can control whether or not that you could go and get homeschooling. No, the difference is, you know is I mean? if you if you leave and go to like a private school. Uh, you can do that because you're paying and there's nothing that, that the, the state can then do about that. But if you're transferring from one state school to another, um, you know, school in this particular case, an online school and you had, you run up against your cap, you can deny the transfer. You can't deny a transfer to a private school. Then they're kind of opting. I out think of everybody the, needs, everybody, everybody just needs to get the hell out of uh, public schools. Yeah. So the loophole is they have to be homeschooled and then transfer over. Well, sort of. I mean, homeschool is a, a little bit different story, but yes, you can be, you can go and do homeschool, but you can't transfer to an online school without running potentially up to this cap if if enough people are leaving that particular district. But they have these these protections in place, and it really stifles. The free market idea in the in the idea Keeps of things from growing, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, and I just think, gosh, you know, if we, I, I want to say that it's like Sweden or Denmark uh, has these school vouchers, and it allows public dollars to just follow your kid around. And if you think about it, if if you've got a school that's performing really well. That is, you know, 15 miles away. What do they care if I drive that extra time? Exactly. Right. Exactly. As long as your kid can show up and get that education, I, would, I think it's the fine. The only thing I would ever really run into, to be fair, is if it happens to be in a location that is so busy and populated that, like, listen, this guy's across the street and can't get in because you're, like, you know, in the next, you know, county trying to get in. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that could create some issue. Well, but. you might run into, especially, like, these... Uh, traditional schools where you've got a certain amount of space and you can't go over, let's say 500 kids because you just can't hold them all. Then these, these schools would have lotteries to, you know, random drawing. Right. And that's what they do. A lot of charters do that, right? Some charters charters do that. Exactly. Right down the street. But in some cases you could set it up as, you know what? Our school has a certain standard. You have to meet these particular requirements in order to to qualify for our school. Just like a lot of colleges might do. That's great. And now here's the, here's the real problem, though. Mm-hmm. That's great. But tons of other people came up with greatness. And there's tons of other things we, we could do that could be amazing. But the problem is, is I believe that the teachers love their teachers' union. Mm-hmm. And they don't really, a lot of them, the majority of them don't care. They care more about their, their well-being than the progression of our kids' education. And I feel that they're just... You know they don't, they got to keep it keep it stifled. You know keep it back, keep it back. We don't want any of this. Got to you know because I mean how many times we hear the complaints that they're not making enough money, but they they don't want to work. You know and 
And then when they do work, it seems like half of them are communists. And then, and then there's, and then, so they're coming out and talking bad. So then the quiet, normal teachers that are out there doing a hard or doing a hard day's work, trying to do their best and doing a good job, don't get noticed and get looked down on because they're in the mix of everything. But, but I hate anything that, especially when it comes to our kids, that a government or state, you know, has their hands on. And all the way to my to the teacher, it's my kid. I want to take care of him. And mm-hmm. and one thing that has been to me has been I've seen as uh, during our last year and a half, two years is. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's shown it's completely capable of taking my kid, taking her home, and getting her at least just as good as an education as somewhere else out there. Mm-hmm. And my goal is, my, my issue is, is that I want to give her something better than I could give her, though. Right. You know, but, um, yeah. but, you know, they're out there doing the worst they can do. And, like, listen, you guys are already showing that we could do better than that at home. So I, I've I've seen oh gosh dang I I've had experience in a lot of different schools and I've seen the good bad and very ugly uh, educators and uh, generally speaking teachers become teachers because they want to teach children but there are so many people who go into education with the idea that it's a it's a safe job it's a job that you can get into once you get in there get tenure you're not going to get fired for being lazy. Uh, they're, most, they're drawn to it for the perks, not drawn to it for, for the job. Well, you know what I mean, I think it varies, but that, I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying, yeah, I, I agree. some do this and then some do that. Yeah, when like I, some people just go for firemen's, not even just because they want to fight fires, but they're like, you're this on, this off, and you retire. Early. I mean, there's some perks that going into that job would oh, draw yeah. them too. So I think that a lot of people choose to be a teacher because of the summers off and. Mm-hmm perks and well what i found is that young teachers teachers who have been in the system for let's say less than four years are still energetic they're excited about becoming Mm. a teacher they uh, want to engage with their kids they want to do and impress and um, and help kids be successful there's a certain stage where public education kind of wears down a teacher (laughs) because administrators often are not good leaders they're not people who are providing quality resources and they to help overpack your teacher. the kid, overpack the classes. They make they make policies that make teaching very very difficult. Yeah. The teachers don't get an opportunity to spend time uh, creating or developing their curriculum, engaging with the kids, or creating uh, unique ideas to engage with their kids. Right. They're now in professional development or meetings, or there are these other legal obligations uh, that they might have. These uh, and other they meetings. give them packets, and then the and, parents have to come home and kind of teach it anyway well so teachers they kind of get to a point where sometimes it's like i just want to retire i just want to be done with this and it's really sad because that's the stage where teachers become bad teachers right and our kids have had those teachers before i i remember having those teachers and we get to a stage where those are the folks that need to uh, either change their ways become more engaging or they need to find a different career path. Right. But those teachers are protected. Oh, for those sure. teachers yeah. are making more money than the energetic, highly engaged teachers that are, let's say, within the fourth, f- first four years. 
that's where the problem comes in, is that we are in an educational environment where the folks that are kind of slowing down, who are not really into it anymore, are the protected ones that make the most amount of money. Teachers only work uh, less than 200 days a year. Uh, they have, and I think a lot of the contracts around around here is like 190 days. You get all the holidays off, you get the summer off, you get, you know, uh, a, per the union, an eight-hour day, which I know a lot of teachers will work more than eight hours. Uh, but they're making between, you know, on the low end, we'll say $40,000 is kind of a new teacher. And on the upper end, at least in Oregon, there are teachers who are making, you know, over 80 grand a year. And so there's a, a major difference in earnings, mm-hmm. but the performance is what we're looking for. We're looking for students who are actually learning. Right. Tests gauge whether a student has learned. Shocker. Why not? Can't Let's, let's pull testing then. <laughs> yeah, let's pull testing. So for me, they have all these weird evaluation processes to see if a teacher is doing well, but then there's no ramifications. There's no uh, firing a teacher because they don't meet these uh, performance standards. The performance standards, in my opinion, really aren't very well written. They're written by educators. I really think if you looked at a lot of businesses, they might be able to contribute to a better performance standard. But I think part of educating, that's your job, is that you should be successful in educating. And sometimes those teachers, like I said, that are tired of it, who are burned out, who are not, no longer creative in the classroom, just been doing the same old thing over and over again, are the ones that are not performing at a high level. Yeah. And I think that's where we run into these problems right. with our education system. Not everybody could be like the old owl that's just, you know, mm-hmm. steadily teaching away and, and, you know, has a lot of knowledge to mm-hmm. give you. But, but, you know, a lot of the teachers that I think they get paid good because you go, well, they may only make 40 grand a year. No, that's 40 grand in eight months or so, you know. Yeah. So right. if they actually did work all year, it'd be mm-hmm. closer to 60 grand. I mean, depending on how much they make, but mm-hmm. it would go up from that substantially if you worked a full year. Think so, about it. 30, so they're doing well for the eight months that they do. 30 to $50 an hour plus benefits. And right. generally, the benefits are really good. That's a really high weight. I mean, teachers make more than it, you know, per hour, uh, more than accountants, more than you know, a lot of other highly skilled, um, uh, yeah. And, and, <clears throat> and I do feel bad for the teachers that I love, mm-hmm. but oh my gosh, there's so many, so many teachers out there that are so under qualified and it's mm-hmm. just, it's just sad. Yeah. It's just that yeah. that's the best you could give our kids. It, it was yeah. irritating to go to public school and notice that I want to say more than half my teachers were just you know, they only got 10 years left and they can't get fired. So they just sit <laughs> right. around and cruise control. Yeah. Cruise yep. control. Yep. Mm-hmm. Really dry, That's not engaging. That's why I had trouble with some of my classes. Because what do they mm-hmm. care? Yeah. They just got to get through yeah. the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I only you ever know. failed one class and that was because I had a really bad teacher who just wouldn't engage and couldn't teach to individuals. You know, he'd teach it, you know, to the class and then. Hopefully, a good amount of the kids in the class understood what he was trying to teach us, and then they would have to help everybody else because he would just go back to his desk. We've seen him watch like Minecraft videos and stuff, like just just <laughs> like movie time that's, at his desk while we were working. That, that's better than boozing it up like when we were in school. 
right? The teacher's in their little liquor cabinet in their drawer. Oh, I thought you mean when we were boozing <laughs> no, that in no, school. As students, no, 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 no. No, no uh, I, I, there's a, a lot of different things about education that we could talk about. Um, I think we're running out of time here. But I will say, Scott, everybody out there needs to be... We should have been before, but for every reason, not just because of their academics and making sure that they're doing the best they can because they are there to absorb knowledge and i think people forget that that it's not it's not uh daycare yeah but but um that it sucks but we need to have make sure that our kids know that that have a path to come tell us some stuff Mm -hmm. feel free listen and know what sounds weird and uh, us as parents not only do we need to be alert and and um listen to what you know to red flags but to approach it and bring it up because it's hard to bring up stuff. It sucks to be the guy in the room to bring up stuff, to be the jerk. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people didn't know about a situation. What is this jerk off talking about? You know, be nice or something, you know, but it's important. And even if you're in the wrong, it's worth it. It's always worth it to bring it up for your kids, man. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's scary to know that you're raising them one way and you, you know, people wonder, I don't understand. They were going this way. And all of a sudden, and they say that teachers are very impressionable. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, I agree. I think parents should be able to talk to the teacher, not just bring it up in a board meeting, which is what public education does, but just like in private education, be able to talk to the teacher and have a conversation. And then the administrator is there to support you as a parent to provide the right. best ed- education for, experience for their kid. Right. So, okay, let's, uh, what do you say? Yeah, Ethan? He's falling asleep over there. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to clear my mind from all this crap. <laughs> yeah, you're out of school. Yeah, yeah, graduated. All right, thanks for listening to the show. Appreciate that. Uh, feel free to share it with others. We'd love to grow the audience. You can find more information about the show at nevertoserious.com. Reach out to us on our socials on Twitter and Getter at the NTS podcast. Find some merch on our website. Yep. That'd be cool. Yep. I, I'm wearing a, a t-shirt today, in fact. I can't That's wear great. mine today because I don't have one. Yeah, you're still waiting on your but stuff. But it's on its way. Yeah. All right. Uh, until we see you next time, take care. And be safe.